hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? We're here again. We're back. I'm back. We're back. And thank you all so much for keeping up with me and joining me every week for your NFL highlights right here on the Onstage Plus TV network. And this is where you can find me every Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It's your girl, Rokita, and I'm doing what I do every week and that's giving you your 2021 NFL highlights. And of course, keep in mind, I'm giving it to you my way. That's right, my way, my way. I don't know all the words to that song, but you remember the song. Anyway, giving it to you my way. We are at week nine, halfway through this football season, and we got some stuff to talk about because as you know, this is a crucial turning point of the season. We've seen from a few of these games this past weekend that things are starting to turn around for some teams whose second half of the season wasn't really looking so promising. So today, find out who I think are the top eight best teams in the league right now. Yes, I know the NFL has theirs in every division, and we've got the leading eight, but find out who my top eight I think top eight are. We'll see how those two compare because, of course, I'm just giving them to you my way. And we'll see what happens. Also, uh, was it just me or was this weekend the weekend of defenses just taking over the games? I mean, literally, it was like defense, defense. Like defense took over all of these games and all these games that turned out amazing. Uh, it was due to the defense. So, and look. Okay, I played some sports in my time, so I know the saying, defense always wins. Yes, I played sports. I didn't play football, but I cheered for football. Uh, I played basketball, and I played softball. So I know defense wins the game. And guess what? It's the defense of some of these teams that showed up and showed out. I mean, we had some high-energy, intense defenses just lighting up the field completely taken over all of these games you'll see what i'm talking about plus um i'm going to recap a little bit about last week just in case you missed some things because some people just keep coming up in my highlights all right so here we go let's go let's go come on let's get this show started come join me now right here in rose corner as my grandson would say but What's up, everybody? I hope you are all doing so well. I certainly hope you enjoyed this past Sunday's football schedule because it was lit. I did. And, you know, for me, it's always so hard to watch all the games. And I hate it because I have them on all the channels no matter what. Um, it's just hard. And I'm a West Coast girl. Yes, I'm a West Coast girl from Cali. And, you know, unfortunately, being in a state that's on central time, and I won't mention said state, they just refuse to play any West Coast games. Of course, unless it's a Sunday night or Monday night football game. So I have a hard time catching a lot of the games, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, because I feel like I'm catching all the right games. And what I don't catch, I can catch on my highlights as well. And although I did not catch this game this past Sunday, I certainly caught this team again. Time, see, I'm sounding like them now. I caught this team in the headlines again. Yep, you remember, I talked about last week the Las Vegas Raiders 
And I know, I'm not talking about him anymore after this. Uh, and I talked about former Raiders wide receiver Henry Ruggs III. Uh, Ruggs was involved in a car crash and evolving and resulting in a death. I mean, he was charged with DUI. A young lady died. Just a really, really sad, unfortunate situation and story. Um, and really, the story just keeps unfolding. And more information, more charges keep coming out. And so as the story keeps unfolding, here we are again with the Las Vegas Raiders back in the news. I mean, as of last week, the Raiders organization officially let go and cut ties with another first round draft player from the 2020 draft this past week. And so this is just crazy because remember, right after Ruggs got arrested on Tuesday, the Raiders by Tuesday evening was like, bye-bye. We have um, officially released um, Henry Ruggs and they parted their ways. So they did that. And now the Raiders have just recently released Damon Arnett, a former defensive back player from Ohio State. Arnett uh, was only 25 and he was released. Listen to this. Arnett was released due to him posting some disturbing videos on his social media. Um, a few of his sites involved him making threats of killing someone and showing off his guns, killing someone and showing off his guns. And somehow he thought that was okay. Like, I don't know what's going on. Um, it's just really, really crazy because now both of the Raiders 2020 first round picks have been released due to issues off the field. Like the Raiders have one draft pick remaining. They actually got five that year between the two days. They have one draft pick remaining on the team. You know who that is? Wide receiver, Brian Edwards. He is the last one remaining. And guess what? Brian Edwards, it's your time. It's your time to shine now. And sadly, well, I mean, maybe not sadly, but even with all that going on, and it is kind of sad, uh, but ironically, the Las Vegas Raiders are still experiencing probably one of the best seasons that they've had in years. They are currently five and three in the AFC West. I mean, they're tied with the Los Angeles Rams right now, okay? Like, this is just killing me because they're doing so well. I'm not a Raider fan. I'm not a Raider fan. I know plenty of them. However, it's killing me because they're doing so well and they have all this that's going on. So um, initially, though, what drew me to this story, and I'll be done with this, uh, was the fact that there's been some speculation and some talk about whether or not the fact that the Raiders moved to Las Vegas has anything to do with what's going on with these players off the field. Yeah, you heard it. Um, the fact that they're in Las Vegas, the city that never sleeps, okay, um, is leading people to believe that maybe that's why these players are getting into some of the trouble they're getting into because there's so much temptation around, okay? Mm -mm. No, I'm sorry. Um, you guys might have to miss me with that one um, because I don't know. I don't know. But maybe your thoughts are the same on that. Uh, my thoughts, uh, honestly, I believe these situations will probably still be taking place, whether the Las Vegas Raiders were in Las Vegas, Los Angeles, or Oakland. Uh, we're talking about individual players here that are actually just making really poor decisions. Uh, we're talking about them taking accountability 
And obviously, these players, individual players, because I don't want to group the Raiders as a whole team in what these couple of players are doing. Um, but these players are obviously forgetting that they represent not just the Las Vegas Raiders team, but the whole NFL organization uh, on and off the field. So no, um, I don't believe that because the Raiders are in Las Vegas, that would be any reason for these players to just be acting dumb and making poor decisions. And there I said it, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. Uh, hopefully this does not affect, though, the Raiders moving forward. Unfortunately, they lost Sunday's game to the Buffalo Bills, 23 to 16. I mean, hey, the Buffalo Bills are five and three, and they're leading the AFC West or East. My apologies, five and three, and they're leading the AFC East. And they're not worried about any issues. Unless we At least we haven't heard any um, about anything arising with the Buffalo Bills. So I don't know. We'll see how that goes. As for the Raiders, they face the Kansas City Chiefs this Sunday in Las Vegas. Uh, definitely going to watch that one. I uh, want to see what Mahomes is going to do. The Kansas City Chiefs did beat the Green Bay Packers this past weekend, 13-7. to and so, I don't know, it still was kind of a suspect win. And then, of course, we know Green Bay Packers did not have Aaron Rodgers. He was out, mm -hmm. another situation, uh, because he tested positive to COVID-19. Uh, he tested positive after leading um, people and his team and others to believe that he had actually been vaccinated. So... I mean, that's another crazy story going on around the league. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Maybe it is this whole COVID-19, this whole pandemic thing that we're in that really has a lot of these players just straight tripping right now because Aaron Rodgers was tripping. And he knew he was tripping for that. But anyways, we'll see how they do. Uh, speaking of tripping, I'm actually kind of tripping off of this next story, okay? I'm tripping off the fact that former wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. of the Cleveland Browns has become a free agent. I mean, I'm tripping, but I'm not tripping. I'm happy for him because I think this ultimately is what he wanted. But I'm tripping because he went unclaimed. I mean, he had till Tuesday, and he passed through his waivers. Uh, so that makes him a free agent, and he can potentially sign with any team in the league. I just thought that someone would have picked him up. Um, there was talk that he had mentioned about going over to the Seattle Seahawks or maybe even the New England Patriots, which I actually totally could see him there. But, um, you know, in any case, I'm happy for Odell. Uh, this whole time he's been with Cleveland over these two years, he just has not only really struggled with the injuries, but I feel like he struggled a lot with um, meshing with the team. Like he struggled with his relationship with Baker Mayfield, um, the other Cleveland Browns. And I think the Cleveland Browns just as an organization was not a good fit for Odell Beckham Jr. So um, I don't know, we'll see what happens. He is currently playing with a shoulder injury. So I think for me, the biggest concern is going to be his injuries. And if that's gonna deter some teams from not wanting to put him on their roster because he seems to be injury prone. Uh, whatever happens, wherever he goes, whatever he decides, he's going to have to step it up. He's going to have to play. And he's going to have to play like he's worth the $4.25 million that the Cleveland Browns still owe him. So we'll see. Um, and even with that, nevertheless, uh, the Cleveland Browns beat the Cincinnati Bengals without 
Odell Beckham Jr. Um, they beat the Cincinnati Bengals 41 to 16 this past season. Uh, was kind of a surprising beatdown to me. Um, and again, for me, because I feel like the Cincinnati Bengals have been playing some really good defense. They've been playing some good ball. So to take a beat down like that, um, I was a little surprised by that. Um, for me, I think um, probably the best play of this game, or one of the best plays of this game, was when we see Denzel Ward intercept the ball right at the one-yard line of the Cincinnati Bengals. And it takes it all the way down to the Cleveland Browns end zone, scoring a 99-yard touchdown. Okay, that was pretty much the play that set the tone for the rest of the game. Probably one of the most amazing plays of the weekend. And there was a lot of good plays this weekend. I mean, for the Bengals, you know, Joe Burrow actually ended up throwing for 282 yards, uh, two touchdowns, but he also had two interceptions. Okay, that's not going to get you to win the game. Uh, but did you see that 70-yard run from Cleveland's running back, Nick Chubbs? My man is a beast. He now has over 100 plus rushing yards and one or more touchdowns in a single game for the 13th time in his career. I mean, the 13th time. That's some good numbers right there. And that's why the Cleveland Browns are whooping on folks, or at least why they whooped on the Cincinnati Bengals, 41 to 16. But uh, as of this week, we found out that Chubbs and a couple – other of the players on the Cleveland Browns uh, will be out this week. They've been diagnosed with COVID-19. Uh, so that means more than likely they're going to miss that matchup with the New England Patriots. So that's right. They face the New England Patriots this Sunday in New England. So best of luck to them, the Cleveland Browns. All right. Y'all still with me? We still got some time. So I'm just going to keep this thing going the way I want it to go. Another team for me, okay, that's always making history, or should I say setting records. And, yes, I talk about this team a lot as well. It's the Baltimore Ravens, okay? Let's talk about it. Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens face off the Minnesota Vikings in Baltimore. And I got to say it like that because I'm like, they barely won this game. <laughs> they won this game 34 to 31, squeezing out that win at the, at, at the end of the game. So, you know, for me, I didn't think it was going to be a real dominant game, honestly, from Lamar. I knew the Vikings was going to bring a little bit of defense and try to shut it down. And that's what they did. They stuck in this game to, till the end, okay? Um, Baltimore Ravens, they just, you know, they banged it out a little bit harder. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens had now won, they've now won 12 straight games versus an NFC opponent. That's actually the longest active winning streak right now in the NFL. Okay. The longest winning streak, 12 games straight versus an NFC opponent. So this game was kind of weird in the beginning because Lamar had kind of a rocky late start. Um, he even threw two interceptions people but we talking about lamar jackson all right lamar jackson the man even with that even with his interceptions the man right now okay has the most games with more than 100 rushing yards he's actually tied should i say with michael vicks which is 10 and having the most games with more than 100 rushing 
yards. You cannot tell me this man is not an MVP. Lamar is a beast. He runs like a running back, and he runs that design run like nobody else. 220 rushing yards with three touchdowns, including another one, which was another great play of this past weekend, which was that throw to Devion DeVernay in the back of the end zone. I'm sorry, that was Devin DeVernay in the back of the end zone, where Devin catches the ball basically with one hand. What does that remind you of? Who do we see do that first? Odell Beckham. It was it's the Odell Beckham catch. That's that's what he did. He did the Odell Beckham catch, all right? So I got to say that was an amazing play. It's on my highlights, going to be on highlights. I honestly feel that as the season goes, Lamar just gets better and better. Uh, it was a good game, though, close game. Uh, Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings, they didn't go out just easily like that. Cousins um, comes out with a 50-yard touchdown to Jefferson just in the first quarters, and Cousins even scored a one-yard touchdown. I think for me, though, for them, the greatest play, again, another great play, was the 98-yard kickoff return from Kenny Nwangmu, okay, from the two-yard line, a 98-yard kickoff return. That was a big play. But like I said, there's a lot of big plays this weekend in a lot of these games. I mean, Minnesota Vikings, they had some plays, but not enough to keep Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens from winning this game in overtime with a 36-yard field goal from their kicker, Justin Tucker. Uh, Tucker's an awesome kicker, though. Like, his numbers are really great, too. So what a good game. Uh, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens are leading the AFC North with a record of 6-2. and two, And they face off the Miami Dolphins this Sunday at Miami. Okay? So speaking of another team that's leading the way, this team, although they're leading the NFC East with a 6-2 and two record as well, the Dallas Cowboys got it handed to them on Sunday. I'm sorry, but um, Dallas got beat down by the Denver Broncos. Um, this game was the Broncos game from the beginning. I mean, from the beginning. And the one thing I noticed was the energy of the Denver Broncos. I'm telling you, they came through that stadium like this is our home game. And I think what it was is I think you know, Denver was, what, five and four? So I think a lot of people were writing them off to lose this game, right? But they came in there and dominated this game 30 to 16. Like, they were a whole vibe this whole entire game. The defense just, look, they just took over the game. And defensively, um, Denver Broncos just shut down the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and it's so funny because everybody was like, oh, they just got rid of Von Miller. And, you know, with him being traded, they're probably not going to be able to do much. Uh, that was wrong because they did a whole lot. I'm telling you, Teddy Bridgewater was on fire. He started with a 25, with a pass to Jared Judy for a 25-yard catch. Um, let's see. He had a few other ones. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm not done. I'm not done. So he also makes another big play with a 44-yard bullet to Tim Patrick. By the end of the half, it was 16-0. And that's when I started to worry for the Dallas Cowboys, okay? 
I'm telling you, it was all Denver Broncos this game. They were up by 19. Um, it just it just looked so bad. It just seemed like every quarter they were just struggling. Tim Teddy Bridgewater just kept coming out with big play after big play. And then you see him hit Kendall Hinton with a 41-yard game on a three and long, okay? Third and long. Third and long, they take the chance. They go for it, 41-yard game. I'm telling you right now, the Dallas Cowboys defense couldn't stop nothing. The Dallas Cowboys offense couldn't do nothing. And aside from the fact that they just got completely shut down by the Denver Broncos defense. I mean, Dallas finished the game out with two touchdowns. They got on the board, but not until the fourth quarter. It was just a dominant game taken over by a team that played amazing defense and offense. So, so let's hope and let's see if the Denver Broncos can keep up that same intensity and energy as they meet the Philadelphia Eagles this week. Um, they actually played them Sunday in Denver. So, I'm really hopeful for the Denver Broncos because I got to be honest, they weren't looking that great and they were another team that I thought, oh, they're going to struggle. They got some tough games the second half of the season. But I'm actually kind of pulling for them because if they beat the Philadelphia Eagles this week, they're now, what, six and four, and then they're coming up on a bye. So that's going to work to their benefit. And I really feel like between this win and next week, it's going to propel them to a whole nother level to possibly really dominate uh, the second half of the season. But again, hey, that is just me. And that's just my highlights and the way I see it. So um, what else do we see? Let's see the Cowboys. They face off the Atlanta Falcons at home this Sunday. Uh, we'll see what they do, see if anything turns around for them. Uh, speaking of turning around, things actually turned around this weekend for the San Diego Chargers. Uh, they defeated the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia, 27-24, to 24, and, which ironically, they lost to the New England Patriots last week, 27-24. to 24. Um, Chargers are still number one in the AFC West with a record of 5-3. and three, And uh, this was actually a pretty exciting win. And, you know, I know, let me stop, because I actually have a girlfriend, a friend who's a big San Diego Chargers fan. I don't want to say anything about them, but I actually had them losing this game. Um, I thought it was going to be a big upset only because they just didn't seem like they could pull it together. Um, you know, they lost their last two games. So I wasn't really sure, but this game was kind of a back and forth game. It was pretty exciting. Uh, of course, another exciting play of the game in the last two seconds was the 29-yard field goal from Dustin Hopkins. <laughs> that game right there just literally came down to the last two seconds. So the Chargers have finally snapped out of their two-game losing stump, and they've now moved to five and three. But quickly, before I move on, let me just run some numbers by you, okay? Justin Herbert completed 32 of 38 passes for 356 yards and two touchdowns. He even, had, he even ran in a touchdown for eight yards in the second quarter. Keenan Allen had 12 receptions for 104 yards. I mean, literally this game went down to the last second. And again, I'm sorry, but I did have the Chargers losing this game. Sorry, friend. Uh, but they didn't. They pulled it off. So we'll see how they hold up and if they can pull it off because this week they play the Minnesota Vikings at home. Okay? Best of luck to them.
speaking of luck though, uh, you know, who <laughs> doesn't need any luck and whose luck hasn't run out, even with their lucky player out. Mm -hmm. That would be, of course, the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans beat the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday night, 28 to 16. Uh, this is their second win without running back Derrick Henry. And, you know, let's face it, even though the run game and Tannehill, they just didn't look that great, um, they actually pulled off a pretty decent win here. I think uh, people thought with Adrian Peterson out there, things would kind of be a little bit different, but that really didn't play out as well. Um, for me, I think it was, again, the Tennessee Titans' defense because they just shut down Matthew Stafford early. Jeffrey Simons and that line shut them down. So, you know, outside of the interceptions that Matthew Stafford threw, um, I really just think that um, the Titans defense is one to be reckoned with, okay? Um, Stafford also threw a couple of picks. Uh, just a poorly played game on behalf of the Los Angeles Rams. I actually believe that um, Mike Verbal, the head coach of uh, the Tennessee Titans, has done a really amazing job with this team. Um, him and the team are currently leading the NFC or the AFC division, should I say. They're now seven and two. So they meet up at home with the New Orleans Saints, who just recently lost to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, but they meet up with them this Sunday. The Rams, however, are on the road. They head to Santa Clara to face off my team, the San Francisco 49ers, who, yes, we just seen lose to the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals okay. So um, that's actually going to be your Monday night football game. Okay. The Rams, Santa Clara, San Francisco, Monday night. That's actually going to be a really good game. All right. So look, let's, let's, let's tie this thing up. As I'm coming to an end, let's look at who's on top, all right? We kind of know who's leading the way, but in the order, okay, in this order, and this is the rankings now, leading the way in the AFC is the Tennessee Titans, the Baltimore Ravens, the LA Chargers, and then the Buffalo Bills, okay? In that order. Uh, leading for the NFC is the Arizona Cardinals, the Green Bay Packers, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and lastly, those Dallas Cowboys. So, okay, that brings me to my list, my top eight teams. Um, uh, and, and we see the top eight of both divisions. And I'm just talking about my team, my top eight. They may not necessarily line up that way, but it's my way. It's my highlights. So, of course, I have to start with the number one team, the Arizona Cardinals. And why? Because they have the best record <laughs> right now. Um, they have the best record right now. So that's why I have them listed as number one. Uh, for number two, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, let's face it, it's Tom Brady. Uh, he's going to be number two. At number three, I have the Tennessee Titans. I think they have, they have had some of the biggest wins against some big teams. So I have them at third. I mean, yeah, just the name, the Colts. This win with the Rams, Kansas City, um, with their wins, they're up there in the top three. Um, they've also had, they've been on a five-game winning streak without Derrick Henry. So they're at my number three. My number four, so actually for number four, I have the Dallas Cowboys listed. Um, and then just kind of looking and going over my highlights, I swapped it. And number four for me is the Baltimore Ravens. So I had the Ravens down at number seven. 
Um, they're up to my number four, okay? Number five, I have the Cleveland Browns. Number six, the LA Rams. And number seven, again, replaced the Baltimore Ravens with the Dallas Cowboys. And number eight on my list, last but still on the list as the top eight teams, is Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, okay? So look, I don't know what you think about that, but again, those are um, my top eight teams. That's how I look at it. So there you go. Um, I'm just about done, y'all. I have wrapped up my highlights my way. Yes, we had some really good games um, around the league. I didn't get to all of them. Chicago Bears and the Pittsburgh Steelers. That was last Monday. Um, the Steelers won a game. That game, of course, 29 to 27. Uh, let's see. We also seen the Arizona Cardinals, San Francisco 49ers, the Green Bay Packers, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, didn't get a chance to really cover that one too, too much. But again, we had some good games. The Houston Texans played the Miami Dolphins. And um, with the 7-9 victory, that was kind of a low-scoring game. Uh, the New York Jets, uh, they were beat by the Indiana Colts, 45-30. to 30. Uh, That was actually Thursday night's game, last Thursday night's game. So... But anyways, um, all right, so there you have it, folks. Another pretty amazing week of football. We are now approaching week 10, and we've got some more games lined up. So please, please, please join me here next week, week 10. And as we get ready this week for our Thursday night game, okay, kicking off week 10, make sure you thank a veteran as we celebrate and give honor to our veterans and our military families. So look here, you guys be well. I will be well. That is the end of my segment. And I will see you next week right here, Rose Corner on the Onstage TV Network.